Hello and welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast. In this podcast, we talk to influencers so that you learn from the best. I'm your host Punit Bhatia. I help business and privacy leaders to create and deliver strategies for privacy compliance and trainings. Before we start, a quick reminder that the opinions and ideas shared in this context are not legal advice. If you need advice, you should contact a professional with your specific context. So let's get started. Hello and welcome. Today in the Fit for Privacy podcast, we have a special and unique guest. She has been a legal counsel or in the legal profession for last 30 plus years. She has been advising companies on commercial law, mergers and acquisitions, human resources, competition law, and of course, data privacy law. She has advised, she has worked in Fortune 500 companies spanning across retail, pharma, chemical, and even manufacturing. Last, she was serving as the European Council for Stanley Black & Decker. So welcome, Corinne. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So with such a diverse background and so many experiences in law, how and when did you start your journey or entry into privacy? How did it happen? Well, as part of the legal department, you are usually uh, involved in a lot of diverse subjects. And uh, privacy up until GDPR was something that was basically more related to having databases registered. Uh, and my jump into privacy was with GDPR when it became a bigger subject than how data privacy was treated in the past. Mm -hmm and when companies uh, were being made aware that this was something that was taking a bigger turn, that the risks for the company were higher than they had ever been before, then all of a sudden we were asked to jump into the subject. Uh, and my experience has been that I had to jump in pretty much at the last <laughs> minute uh, to try and help the business figure out in what way we could be compliant so that's kind of my journey into uh, GDPR in particular, data privacy being a subject, a recurring subject that I've had to deal with, uh, but GDPR being very specific. For sure. So for before GDPR, you were still involved in privacy on and off? We were. Good, but GDPR kind of... Yeah, it kind of highlighted the importance that we, need to get, we needed to give to data privacy. I know that when I joined the company uh, that I last worked for, uh, it was a subject that I was recurringly talking to the U.S. about because <laughs> of the fact that we were transferring data. And I think most of the focus that we had on data privacy at the time was related to the fact that we were transferring data uh, outside of the EU. Uh, the focus was mostly there because we were within Europe and so there was some consistency about how data privacy was to be treated and there had never been any real high... Uh, burning subject on data privacy until uh, GDPR, but our, my focus was about the transfer of personal data. So that was the recurring aspect of data privacy that I had mm -hmm. to deal with in the past before GDPR came into play. Interesting. And how would you then describe GDPR or privacy in one word? That's a good question. How could I describe that? Complex. Complex. That's an interesting word. And what is your thought behind it? Well, complex in the sense that um, 
it's if you if you read it and you and you stick to the letter of it it becomes a little bit complex to implement with a diversity of activities that a company has mm -hmm. so it's it's not necessarily the 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 regulation itself which is complex it's it's how you adapt it mm -hmm. in a pragmatic way in a company in a group of companies mm -hmm. at the end of the day you don't want that to become a blocking point for right. the different departments to continue mm -hmm. doing what they're doing, for mm -hmm. the marketing departments to continue doing what they need to be doing mm -hmm. uh, with the level of risk that there seems to be today uh, of being non-compliant with data privacy. Yeah. So it's essentially balancing between the business interest and the legal exactly. aspect of it. Exactly. That's the complexity of it. It's the implementation of it. and and not being put in a position where you are focusing mostly on data privacy, whereby for a normal company whose job is to sell <laughs> products, that they, they, are, they are taken away from selling their products and promoting right. their products and always being concerned about data privacy. And then all the initiatives seem to be stalled or delayed because right. people get all caught up with the GDPR aspects of it and are mm -hmm. pretty much lost about what it is they can and cannot do. For sure. And in your 30 years of journey, what is the biggest change you've seen in privacy or privacy laws? Well, privacy laws have been in, in, in place for, for a, a long time. Um, I think that the, what I've seen evolved is that it seems like that has not been enough and that GDPR has given an extra level to data privacy, which is this mm -hmm. is something that needs to be taken more seriously right. than it has in the past, which is probably why the fines mm -hmm. that are uh, now uh, at risk mm -hmm. of companies paying has kind of woken everybody up. And I think that what has changed is that it's something that is important and it's something that companies need to take into consideration and that there's going to be more scrutiny mm -hmm. on how uh, companies are going to do that and i also think that the data subjects are also with gdpr more aware of what their rights are and mm -hmm. what it is that uh, they are to acknowledge or not acknowledge a lot of mm -hmm. the change that i have seen since the implementation of gdpr is getting emails from data subjects <laughs> about their rights and and their own interpretation of GDPR, which is right. quite interesting. But it, it not only has it given it uh, a highlight from a, a, a business perspective where companies have now taken this seriously and have decided to spend some time on it, but you also see that the individuals have now realized that they do have their rights right. that they can exercise. Yeah, but what exactly changed because these rights were there since the directive and even before some of these rights. There are new rights in the GDPR, but like the right to access, right to information, these tools were still available. So what triggered this shift, this change? I think what's triggered the change is that it's, it's, it's a lot of noise been made around GDPR to begin with. I think there's been a lot of activity around GDPR, a mm -hmm. lot of talk around GDPR. Right. Probably GDPR, if we think back uh, a few months before it, it, it was truly implemented, 
I remember hearing it on the news that there was this new regulation right. and that companies were asking themselves. And it, it goes further than just your big Fortune 500 company right. or even your small business. It's even your yoga class. Yeah. Where people are in a yoga class and where you're now getting an email from right. uh, somebody, from, from whoever is organizing the class saying, I'm now with GDPR. And, and so <laughs> what I found has happened is that not only are companies having to do this, but it's gone down to all levels, right. even smaller levels yeah. that you would not think in the past would have had any interest in GDPR. Yeah. Uh, and there has been a lot of noise around GDPR, a lot of communication around GDPR, and I think that's changed. Yeah, there was a lot of buzz, there's a lot of change, and everybody was touched by it in one way or yeah. the other. And then, uh, if you look forward, so you've seen the change in the last 30 years, what do you see as the future of privacy? I think privacy is here to stay. I do think it's a challenge mm -hmm. in the digital world in which we live. I think that there is more and more personal data that's out mm -hmm. there and that most data subjects are not even aware that they're mm -hmm. providing. Uh, so I do believe that it's here to stay, but I also believe that um, it's going to evolve. Yeah, it will evolve. Uh, it will evolve, and it's it's going to evolve with the issues that we're going to be faced with, and some of the difficulties maybe uh, of of keeping the those rights protected. Right. So for me, definitely, I think it's here to stay. But at the same time, it's also a challenge because there is more and more personal data out there which is being put out there, which we're not necessarily aware of. Indeed, I think in the digital world, it's all about data. And when it's all about data, how do you manage the flow of it? And how do you manage? Because in an average day, you give your data on so many websites. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even realize you're looking at a, 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 a podcast a, <laughs> or you're looking at something on YouTube that you're, you're interested in. And, they tell you to click if you're if you want more and you're so right. interested in getting another version or a deeper uh, um, explanation on a particular subject that True. you're looking at that you're automatically putting in your email address and everything yeah. else and you're basically not necessarily reading everything <laughs> uh, that you're getting yourself into so it, it's going to be a challenge and i think marketing is also getting sophisticated with dig digitization and the tools available that you don't know if it's marketing or if it's offering you the service or a mix of both. Correct. And that's where we need privacy laws like GDPR. Yes, but I do believe that the upside is that I think it's raised awareness, at least yeah. uh, on both sides, whether it's the data subject or, or the companies that are uh, processing data, personal data. So definitely I do believe that it's in a positive note Absolutely. Because there is more awareness of that and, and caution that needs to be taken both on the, on the part of the data subject providing personal information and on the part of the processor who is gathering that information and where that information ends up. Absolutely. And I think it's good for people and it's good for organizations if done in the right way. Correct. Okay. So talking about challenges. What challenges have you seen 
in your corporate life in terms of people aiming to implement it in large companies what are the challenges and how can one get over them or solve them is that are you asking from an organizational standpoint yeah let's uh, first tackle it from an organizational standpoint and then we will look at it from people implementing it but from an organization standpoint especially let's imagine it's a us company or indian company or chinese company and they want to do business in europe the tendency from the head office is well we'll see because we are not having an office in europe but then the eu gdpr comes along and you need to be aware of if you are collecting data from eu citizens or eu residents so how do you see that as an organizational challenge and how can it be solved what can be done somebody observes well i think that in any event whatever company you are and whatever you're implementing it seems like the obvious thing that you need to comply with the laws or the uh territory in which mm-hmm. you operate so essentially you mean the legal counsel would advise you in that situation well yeah or you could you know you you could decide that this would be part of your um compliance program okay. when you are um i think that when you decide to uh create affiliated companies in a particular territory it would seem natural that as part of your compliance program especially if you're a publicly traded company in a particular <laughs> country or another that to me is part of your compliance program where you should make sure mm-hmm. that uh you include whatever needs to be included in in the way you run your business to me gdpr wouldn't be treated differently so it's another law like yeah it's part of your legal system or the legal environment in which you operate which to me is the same thing as mm-hmm. uh uh how you how you deal with hr yeah you can't say well you know in the US we can hire and fire people <laughs> as we please and we can do the same uh in in our belgian entities or french entities it the fact is that if you want to uh uh terminate individuals it's not that you cannot do that but you have to do it in the appropriate way it also means that if you are a company which is located or a group company which is located outside of the EU that you do make sure that you are compliant from a transfer of data right uh, uh as you have to be compliant with approving your accounts on a regular basis i mean you have yeah. companies that tend to be under you know let's say us gap and they kind of privilege us gap and not necessarily your obligations to uh, approve your accounts on on a regular basis <laughs> to me gdpr is the same thing it's it it's a law which applies to individual it's a compliant it's compliance mm-hmm. and therefore it should be part of your compliance program i don't see why because you would be a company that's located outside of the eu you would right. not take into consideration the fact that there are rules that need to apply to your business so if you allow me if we change that scenario to a company that is not publicly listed and is relatively small so more a startup and they out of intention and out of curiosity jump into europe and want to do business there so how would they get to have the advice on compliance with laws would would you recommend them that that startup should go and consult a legal counsel legal firm before they start or how would it work 
I would say that if they probably are, you know, if they get themselves started up, they probably have some legal advice that's provided to them, but you have to look at all of the aspects of your activity. So definitely, mm -hmm. I don't believe that they will automatically know, depends how up to date they are on data privacy. Right. Uh, it's hard to say what I would recommend is if you're starting up a company, you would need to have some form of legal advice, not only on GDPR, but, but on all other laws, you know, everything that you need to know about starting up your company and uh, what you need to know about yeah. whatever environment you're in. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that you would be on the safe side to make sure that on that aspect and other aspects, you sure. would seek the, the proper advice whether that would be from a law firm or, or a company that is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, providing consulting services on GDPR. For sure. And then somebody who's starting in an organization, a large organization, and wants to implement privacy, what kind of challenge do you expect them to see and what would be the advice or solution you would recommend to them? Well, first, the buy-in from the management. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of investment that needs to be done in time and effort. It's not necessarily in cost. Right. But I do believe that if, if, if you're serious about implementing something like GDPR, which you need to be, yeah. uh, you need to give yourself the appropriate resources to get there. For sure. Uh, and therefore, you need to determine who's going to be driving that. Uh, and it could be, you know, legal providing the, uh, uh, the guidelines to mm -hmm. determine, but it's a concerted effort because it's not just a legal uh, project, it's, it's also IT, it's also yeah. uh, the different uh, divisions, marketing, you mm -hmm. need to go and interview, and I mean, it's a real program that needs to be put in place, so you need the resources. And I think that some of the caveats that we see in implementing GDPR in companies is that how, how willing is the company to make the effort <laughs> to put the right people to implement uh, the GDPR, keeping in mind that it's got to be a pragmatic approach to it. Right. But the difficulty I find is convincing the management team that this is something that needs to happen uh, and, and, and allocating the appropriate resources to do mm -hmm. that and it's not an it's not a one-time shot it's, no, it's it's not. it's also once you've done the basics of what needs to happen from a gdpr perspective which is the policies and identifying what data you're collecting how you're collecting it it's all of the back office stuff that needs to happen right. and, and and on a continuing basis you need to keep track of what's going on in terms of um, whether you are doing what you're, you say you do on the data that you are keeping, how do you delete, how, I mean, it's not just implementing the policy. <laughs> it's not just about uh, having all of the right resources to do that. It's also being convinced and continuing to allocate the resources so that this is an, an exercise that is a continuing one. It's not you set it up one time no. and then you forget about it. It's something that you need to review continuously uh, and, and like everything else, what's, in, what's working, what's not working. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, and making sure that you, you do have the, the, the resources in, in the event that something does happen, how do you treat yes. the issue? I think it's a not a one-time thing and it's not a part-time job. It's almost a full-time job based on the volume that you may have in Correct. your company. And that leads to another question. And since you're from the legal profession, sometimes people confuse that if somebody is a lawyer, he or she would know privacy. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true that when you're a lawyer, you know everything about everything. <laughs> but yes, I do believe that um, there are different ways of looking at this. I do believe that typically privacy would, would fall if you don't have a, a, a compliance team that would have privacy as part of, 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 of the, the topics that they look at, which typically reports into legal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I do believe that you know, we, we were asked questions all the time on, mm-hmm. on, on how to uh, draft agreements mm-hmm. that would cover GDPR, the data processing agreements and all mm-hmm. of that. So I do believe that legal, it's difficult for legal not to be involved. You've got different ways of doing it, depending, as you were saying, on the volume. It, right. it, it, it's, I do believe that lawyers in the legal department should know the basics of right. the law that apply to uh, the business that they're in. GDPR is, is, is to me, you know, the, 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 the type of topics that you have to have some knowledge about. That right. you're not, you're, not everybody is a subject matter expert on it, mm-hmm. because as a general rule, most lawyers are generalists. Right. And then depending on how your legal department is set up, you may have the subject matter experts. It's really going to depend on, on, on what your setup is. So I do believe that lawyers should know about GDPR. Mm-hmm. But depending on the volume, either it's something that you can tackle on your own, uh, and um, deal with, or you can go, you can have a point person who can be the subject matter expert mm-hmm. who can either review what needs to be reviewed from a GDPR perspective and also coordinate if there's any need for outside legal expertise mm-hmm. uh, for GDPR. But they're not, we're not necessarily the DPO. Right, that's the point I was getting to. So essentially, a legal person can give you inputs on privacy. Correct. Insofar, that's in what to do, what not to do. Correct. But if you get into the specifics of being a DPO or being advising you on how to do a DPIA or what all to do in data inventory, there you need a privacy specialist. I would think along so. with, and you don't need to confuse what we call. There are different things. There's a DPO, and DPO in sense of what the loss is. And then there's the lawyer and in between there are privacy experts who may or may not be lawyers. Correct. And people tend to think if I am a privacy expert, I'm also a DPO. It may or may not be. And you may not need a DPO. Maybe you need a privacy officer or privacy expert. Correct. And you may need a lawyer and he or she can advise you on privacy matters in till it gets a little bit too detailed and then you bring in ad hoc need-based privacy experts. Yeah, and, and typically it's a concerted effort. I, I, I find that when you do have that expert who is not the DPO, but the data privacy expert, because especially in a group of companies, you, you would right. need to have some, because that volume is going to be there if, if, if it's a large group of companies. So it would make sense to have 
uh, a data privacy expert who, and I agree with you, who does not necessarily have to be a lawyer. My experience has shown that they work together. Yeah. So especially in a large multinational company operating in say 30, 50, 60 countries, you would have a team of lawyers, a privacy team and a appointed DPO. Yes. While in a very small company, your legal counsel, if there is one, can serve as your privacy advisor, but Correct. not the private DPO. But not necessarily the because DPO. Because you may not even need a DPO. And when you need detailed privacy advice, you can always ask for ask for a consultant. Absolutely. But your legal uh, or the lawyer can advise you when to do that. That's right. And and I've seen that even when you are, uh, when you do have the 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 expertise, often. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the legal advice, the legal view, uh, even sometimes um, the evaluation of the risk by, by reviewing the, the regulation uh, and, and looking at it from a lawyerly perspective versus, right. you know, just strictly uh, data privacy uh, from a more technological aspect. I think the, the two go together. Right. As an example, I've seen instances where there were data privacy issues sometimes, uh, which you needed the expertise of the data privacy expert, because that, to me, the data privacy expert also needs to have that technological right. uh, uh, knowledge, because I think that's key to understand the, the risks from a technological aspect and what eventually we need to tackle from a legal perspective. Yeah. So I think that the, the two work together. I know that often just to make sure everybody's comfortable, we'll, we will let the, the data privacy expert do what that person knows how to do. But often it, it's, it's true that they, they often want to have the legal department or somebody within the legal team to be there as a sounding board to make right. sure we're all on the same page. But, but it's a combination, it's a team effort. Exactly, and for me, and correct me if I'm thinking way off, it's like procurement. So when you're doing yes. procurement, you have a procurement department, but there's also a procurement lawyer who reviews the contract, correct. helps you formulate it, but the day-to-day -day business of issuing an RFI, yes. getting the request, reviewing them, and checking the business aspects of it, that's procurement responsibility, negotiating the price. While the, the legal person would help you formulate the contract. That's right. It's the same thing with privacy. Privacy is coming up as more of a subject matter, discipline, in which if you have sufficient volume, you'll have a privacy department. But otherwise, even in small companies, the lawyer advises on the contract and the business just... Right, does knowing things. that GDPR is not just contracts. Yeah, and knowing that GDPR is not just contract, it's much more than... Oh, it's much wider than that. It's not just legal compliance, there's a method to madness. <laughs> <laughs> okay and uh, if we look towards some of the young professionals who are coming in or law students what advice would you give them if you look back to your career what are the things or what are the what should they do to have a successful career what can they have one advice from you because to you be also a do lawyer? a lot of yeah to be a good lawyer and to be successful because you also coach people right I do coach people. Well, I, I think to be successful uh, is um, being interested in what you do. So have a... Uh, be, be convinced by what you do in terms of um, 
always setting your limits farther and farther apart. And I've had a, a long career up until now. There's always something to learn. So if you're always willing to learn, if you're always willing to open your mind mm -hmm. and give yourself the challenges, mm -hmm. um, I think you'll be successful learning from your experiences mm -hmm. and, and always pushing your knowledge farther and farther along and, and, and challenging yourself to work on things you've never, do, you've never done before. Because what I find is the most interesting thing that you can do in life in general <laughs> is to to always learn more and more and if you if 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 you don't have curiosity yeah in what you do if you don't understand what you're doing why you're doing it then i don't think you will be successful sure uh in in, in my opinion is is really uh always keeping your curiosity alive and, and, and being interested in what it is you do. I for mean, sure. it's worked for me. Yeah, and that's a good advice. I think most career counselors give that advice saying, follow your heart, do what you love, do something that also challenges you yes, while you love. always. And keep your eyes and ears open, learn and be curious. So that's all combined. And also know your limits and it's not, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay not to know something. Yeah, and then ask. And then ask, and then and then learn how to do it. Right. I, I I've always uh I'm I've, I've never been shy about saying oh I've never been asked that one. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm not a good lawyer. It's just this is a new one. Yeah. Uh, let's go find out how we can deal True. with it and what answer we can give to it. So I think curiosity and the willingness to learn and to challenge yourself will make you quite successful. Great. Now, often. Like even for privacy experts, it's very challenging to stay up to date. Reason being, there's something new, there's some news happening, there are new laws getting passed if you're working in a global company, so many countries and so it's a challenge. But then for a law expert or a lawyer, what happens is you also have to stay in touch with or up to date with all the laws, all the dimensions, all the uh, specialties. So how do you do that? What advice do you give to others in terms of doing that? Well, if I'm looking at this from a legal department perspective, we do have access to literature and we do have access ah. to... Uh, uh, um, there, there are all kinds of uh, publications that, that you have access to right. that allow you to have updates on what's going on in your country or in Europe as a general mm -hmm. rule on the topics that are of interest to you. Um, so there, there are tools available mm -hmm. and, and you can, or you, you have uh, law firms with whom you work that can provide you or, or consulting firms mm -hmm. that you work with on, on, on particular topics that can provide you with updates and mm -hmm. tell you that this is happening like GDPR. When GDPR right. came along, I got all kinds of, uh, uh, access to information and, newsletters that were provided by law firms that were giving us small webinars or whatever mm -hmm. uh, on on GDPR and what that meant for companies to mm -hmm. give them a view. Some of the bigger legislations are usually highlighted somewhere. You're going to hear right. about it if it's got a major impact, which is what happened with GDPR. Yeah, I mean, GDPR had a huge impact and therefore you heard about it. But when you are in a legal department, you typically have access to because the law is a living yeah 
There are new laws getting passed every All day. All the time. It's an evolved, that's why it's a fun <laughs> area to work in. Because right. there's always something going on. There are always changes to laws. There's So you, you have access to uh, databases that provide you with what's going on in legislation right. like you would have with accounting firms mm -hmm. or uh, tax departments or tax advisors that are up to date on the new laws mm -hmm. that, that apply and you, you do have access to that documentation that mm -hmm. comes on a regular basis and provides you with indications that the parliament is reviewing a law which will be passed and then they give you True. an indication of which direction it's going to go. So there is access to that. But of course, if you have a legal department that, that you know, is... is sure. Um, uh, knows that there, that those, those publications are available. Mm -hmm. um, if you are more interested in data privacy in itself, then you do you may want to have the data privacy experts. And if you are working with data privacy experts, which are outside consultants, then they are the ones that will be mm -hmm. providing you the updates on what's going on in in that particular area. Good. And what would be one advice you would give to listeners? on data privacy matters. One final advice. Keep it pragmatic. Keep it pragmatic. That's a good one. So it was pleasure having you. So thanks for being here. And if I may ask, and or rather if people want to get in touch with you, because now you're also providing advice as and when people need. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to contact you? They can get in touch with me on my LinkedIn. Uh... Yeah. So just search uh, yeah, Corinne yeah. Herzog yeah. and that's it. That's it. So thanks for being here. It Thank was a pleasure having you. It was fun. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you liked this effort. Please do click like, comment and share. It is okay if you did not like it. Please still do make a comment and share with us what we can improve. If you have suggestions, ideas for guests or you want to have your question answered, please email me. My email is info at punitbhatia.com you can also share this with others and if you do so while tagging me in i will personally thank and acknowledge your contribution in coming episodes thanks once more and look forward to seeing you back till then stay safe stay blessed and stay happy